When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow. Mixed with tequila and wine on an empty stomach. No, louder milk. Louder milk. Just got through season two last night. Tell you all about it in just a second. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. First and foremost, uh, I got to say what up to Wyatt. Say what up to Oopty. Say what up, Mindy. Hi, how are you? Say Mira, Scooter. Thank you guys so much for coming to the House of Comedy last night. We'll get into that in just a second. Merchandise. Find that right now at RudyPovich.com. Also coming up September 9th to Thursday night over at the Twin Cities Film Fest offices in West End, St. Louis Park, Minnesota. If you want a couple of passes, just go ahead and hit me up. I'll get you in for their shorts and stand-up evening. Uh, we'll be viewing a few different comedic shorts that night. One of my shorts, Raising a Daughter, which was the winner of Louis Anderson's favorite from this year's Z-Fest, is going to be shown, and then I'm going to get up and do about uh, 10, 15 minutes of stand-up afterwards. So uh, feel free to hit me up. Love to get you guys in. Uh, last night was a hell of a night, and thank you so much to everybody who came out, man. That was so much fun. Thank you to uh, uh, Leanne and the beautiful painting that your mom did. I posted it on uh, Instagram. If you haven't had a chance to see it, I'll even uh, I can share it right now in the live feed of Instagram. But there it is. That's an awesome. Here's the thing about that particular painting. I haven't told you this story about it yet. So, at our cabin, the way it's positioned right at the mouth of the Mississippi River. It's on Lake Winnebagosh. Like, right where our cabin is, is where the Mississippi becomes a giant, full-fledged river. Like, super wide. If you find the Mississippi where it really starts, you know, a few miles away from the cabin, it's like, dude, you could, you know, you could, like, jump on from bank to bank. It's just, like, five feet wide. There's nothing to it. But where it actually becomes a real big river, that's right where my cabin's at. And just because of the way the winds are and that how high the water can be sometimes when the when the waters raise and the wind kicks up, it takes these like giant bogs. It's just like floating reeds and it just pushes them out of the river and it happens to push it right up against our dock all the time. Constantly. I mean, every year it's like the start of the weekend is always us throwing on some waders and having to clear out all the shit <laughs> that gets blowing in from all the storms. So while we were up at the cabin, that paint or that uh, that pit, that rainbow, the double rainbow happens. And I take a picture of it and I send it out to everybody like in our cabin group. I was like, oh, my God, you guys check this out. It was so beautiful. We we're just sitting around having a beer on the deck and it started to pour. We all ran inside. It rained for about five minutes and we looked down and just beautiful double rainbow beautiful i mean you know the stuff that like memes are made of and i took that photo and i posted it and sent it out to a bunch of family members and the next day one of the relatives had shown up my uh one of the guys in the group we'll just say that and he comes down to the uh to the dock where we're all hanging out and he goes uh 
He goes, oh, oh, yeah. You know, I saw that picture that you posted yesterday, and I was wondering, why the hell didn't them guys move that bog out of there? Meanwhile, if he just were to take his eyes and move them about six inches up the screen, he would have seen a beautiful double rainbow. But some people choose to see the bog and not the double rainbow. And that uh, that always like kind of my brother-in-law was the one who brought that up. Like, hey, man, there's this beautiful double rainbow. You don't get to see him every day. Instead of like taking that in and letting that seep into this beauty that is nature. Be grateful that you have a cabin on a lake that provides such, you know, beautiful aesthetics. No, instead, you saw a bog that a couple of dudes didn't move out of the way. But that's the choice that you make. So that uh, that picture has a, a lot of um, sentimental value to a couple of people in my uh, in my family. So the fact that your mom decided to paint that one in particular, uh, Lena was um, uh, Leanne, not Lena. Am I saying Lena? Lena's such a that's like the uh, the hell is the uh, the word I'm looking for? Is that like a Swedish name? Lena and it's like a, the joke always starts out right. Lena and Oli, something like that. But yeah, nonetheless, um, it was it's a beautiful painting, and thank you so much, and I'm so glad. I can't wait to hang it at the cabin. I'm looking forward to getting it up there. Uh, I'll be up there Labor Day weekend, uh, Leanne, and I'll send a, a video of us hanging it up. We'll have a nice little ceremony for it, you know. It uh, works like that. Don't come around very often. The colors are amazing. I mean, I, I saw the picture of it a couple of weeks ago when it was finished, and then when I actually got it in front of my eyes, I was like, holy shit. Wow, this is bright. I didn't realize it was that bright. It's beautiful. Yeah, so looking forward to it. So thank you so very much. Uh, Amanda, who was at the show at House of Comedy last night. It's great. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to it, for sure. And just the uh, the story behind that picture and the fact that your mom decided to paint that one in particular is uh, is excellent. So yeah, so thank you very much. Uh, last night, House of Comedy, great show. A lot of funny comics on the bill. Had a good time. Everybody who showed up, hung. And um, uh, let's see, Olina, Oli and Lena. Yeah. Imagine me going through life with the name Olina and then being asked if I know anybody named Oli and Lena. Oh yeah. No, I totally get that. Like growing up in Northern Minnesota, like that was the only joke that most people had, right? was Ano and Toivo and then Lena and Oli, right? Which I get if you want to name your pizza joint after one of those places, but I've lived in Northern Minnesota most of my life. Never have I met an Ano and a Toivo. I mean, maybe a last name here or there. I mean, I, I met a lot of Greggs. Met a lot of pricks named Brandon. Never met an Ano and a Toivo. That shit's like old school, man. I did meet somebody last night with the name. It was funny because, you know, I go by the name Rudy. My uh, my grandmother was Phyllis. Uh, my favorite aunt was uh, Shirley. One of our favorite people was Muriel. And I met somebody last night. And I'll be damned, her name was, ah, was it, I think it was Gertrude. She was sitting at the bar last night and uh, kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, you don't hear those old school names, man. You know, I like a good Gus every once in a while. I had a sheepdog named Gus. I like a, I like a Hank and a Henry. These old school names, man. Uh, Olena, the drunk guy at the casino, told me the most inappropriate Oli and Lena jokes when I worked there. There is something about the guy with the street jokes who constantly, they think that they are super funny just by, you're not funny, you're just good at memorizing. I've said that many times. Uh, Nora and Doris, says uh, says Tim. 
Yeah, no, Nora Doors. All those old school names, man. I miss them. They're great for dogs nowadays, isn't it? Remember when dogs were named like Hunter and fucking Spike? Now we're naming our kids that. All of our dogs are like Paul, Kevin, you know, <laughs> these lame ass names. What's his name? It's Brent. Fucking name your dog Brent. What happened to Patches? Bring that shit back, man. I'm not, not that I want a dog named Patches, but I'm just saying. Uh, good bowling names. I agree. Definitely some good bowling names. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for coming out to the show last night. It was great. Um, the House of Comedy was like, was so impressed that we actually had like people that weren't family members arrive. And I was like, no, I got a guest list. And they were like, okay, who are these people? I was like, these are people who listen to my podcast. And they were like, what, what the fuck? What? You have listeners of a podcast? I'm like, yeah, that's what happens when you do it every single day and you provide content to people. They actually sink their teeth into it and they enjoy it, you know? Uh, Mira, do all Tuesdays have that awkward back and forth with an audience member? Um, which audience member? Did I miss part of that? Maybe I missed, because there was part of it that I was out, I was doing a little bit of business out in the hallway. So maybe I missed part of that. But yeah, every now and again, especially like some of the, sometimes when you go to a showcase, what you get is you get people that have been doing comedy for 20 years and you get people that have been doing comedy for 20 minutes. And sometimes the dudes who have done it for 20 minutes look at the guys who have been doing it for 20 years and then go, yeah, man, um, uh, they go, uh, they go, well, that guy can do it. So I can do it. And it's like, dude, you're not, they're not there yet. Uh, Scooter. Oh, you did. Oh, I, did I have the awkward inter exchange? I guess maybe, maybe did I miss it? Okay. Then. Oh, damn. Oh, look at everybody laughing on the line. Oh shit. I missed it. Is that why? Cause listen, every now and again, you'll get a crowd and you're like, you can tell something may have happened that I didn't notice. And you're like, I wish more people were like on board with what's going on right now okay not me okay i didn't think so because i the baywatch dude oh shit then nah then i definitely missed out on what happened with the baywatch dude oh uh uh tall guy bald had the uh had the tank top on okay i'll have to ask what happened i wish i would have been because i recorded i watched my set this morning and went to go like pull some clips and some audio and stuff and i was like okay i didn't have any awkward interactions you know, every now and again, I had one happen two weeks ago at House of Comedy that I felt bad about, but I was just like, God, this guy is just, I mean, this guy would not shut the fuck up. And he was interrupting everybody's sets and everything was just like, you, this guy was making it about him. And, uh, oh, Tara, oh, he said the end. Yeah, that gets, it gets awkward, doesn't it? Especially when you look out and you see a sea of white faces. Like we're all, everybody is super awkward with that word already. So maybe, mm, you know, we, we, I know, I, I totally get it. Yes. Yep. So that was definitely not me who had the awkward interaction last night. Uh, but there was a dude who was, uh, I mean, you know, interrupting everybody and asking just the dumbest questions. And I had gone up and I don't know, I think I was like 45 seconds into the set and somebody had, uh, uh, Mira, somebody shouted, you can't say the N-word with all these white people. Oh, yeah. Then see, I missed all that. Yeah. See, I was, damn it. I was outside taking care of some business in the hallway. Oh, I wish I would have seen it. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, those are the stuff that, uh, see, Tuesday nights, that's what sometimes it's made of. So I thank everybody for sitting through it and getting through the evening and hanging out and having a good time. And somebody had said, like, you know, progressively, as the night went on, like, the comics were getting better. That's usually how they set it up. You know, the newbies, everybody goes first, and then they keep the guys who have been doing it for a while towards the back. But um, uh, where the hell were – oh, yeah, the guy in the crowd. So the guy was uh, giving – like, asking just the dumbest questions and interrupting for absolutely no reason. And at some point, um, I said uh, – this guy was raising his hand, and I I glanced over the crowd, and I saw this guy and went, what? What do you want? And the guy went, have you ever heard of Blondie's song Executioner? And I was like, dude, what the fuck about all of this? Look at look at what is standing on stage. Do you think this guy has ever heard a song from Blondie? I'm like, no. What are you talking about? And the guy goes, well, in that song, if you listen to the lyrics, when it gets to the chorus, there's a lot. And I just went, you know what, dude? Send me a text message about it and, and, and send that to me later. And I just like turned and just... And the fucking crowd clapped and they were like, thank God. I was like, and then the dude just shot daggers out of his eyes at me the entire time. And I was like, guy, this is not, it's not about you. This is about everybody else in the audience who is having a good time. It is my job to come up here and entertain. So how about you? Since you don't want to be a part of the crowd that wants to be entertained and go along with the laughs, you want to make it all about you? It is my job to take the attention off of you and put it back on the crowd of people who are here who are wanting to have a good time. So if you want to talk to me about some dumbass Blondie song, feel free after the show. Like I said, write a blog about it. Put it in a podcast and send it to me. I'll listen to that shit on Stitcher all day. But in the meantime, dude, you got to shut your mouth, please. And I hate when it like gets to that point because then it's awkward for everybody. So yeah, so last night when... Um, uh, Scooter. Oh yeah. I looked at my husband and his eyes were huge. Yeah. Yeah. It feels weird, right? It feels weird. I noticed there was a couple other comics after that, that had dropped the word. And I'm like, man, I don't know. And my, my big thing about like that word is it's, it's awful. It should not be said. It should never, never, ever, ever be said, but we're giving more power to other words because regardless of what race you are, you cannot use the derogatory F word for gay people. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter. You can't use it. But if you are a certain race, you can use certain words. And we're giving more power to a word that is equally as awful. But I don't know. I just feel like, hey, man, if you're, if, if one person can't say it, then nobody should be able to say it. That's, I don't know. I'm not, I would never use any of those words in a derogatory fashion uh, towards anybody. I hope nobody else would. It's awful. So let's just can it. Let's just can it all. You know, there's no, if you can't write it on a bathroom wall without somebody losing their job, then let's just fucking get rid of it. It's gross. Ick. Bad. I don't like any of it. It makes it feel weird, right? It does. Especially when there's so many blonde haired, blue eyed people in the crowd last night. Well, in fact, last night after looking at the crowd, I had like a whole thing that I was going to do. A bunch of new stuff that I've only like maybe dabbled with on stage. And I was like, this crowd is not into any of that. Like, they don't want, you know, I got a whole bit and like a true story about a friend of mine marrying a porn star. And I'm like, they don't want that right now. <laughs> Give them something that they might be able to sink their teeth in that's a little bit more, you know, on the clean side of things. Because that's the last thing you want. 
Uh, Olina, I didn't get home until almost one from the concert and had to get up at 5.15 for work. Still dragging today, too. Yeah. What would, uh, what concert was last night? Was that uh, Hella Mega? I know Green Day was in town with Weezer and with uh, Follow Boy, which we chatted about yesterday. Ah, oh, speaking of music, though, man, did you guys hear? Ah, what a bummer. What a bummer. Charlie Watts, drummer of the Rolling Stones, passing away at the age of 80. Oh, man. That's a that's a big loss. You know, I dug that guy. He was just one of these dudes that just like sort of, you know, kept the didn't make it about him. Didn't have all the drug abuse, didn't have all the crazy story. I, I think he met his wife or married his wife in 1964, and they have been married ever since. I mean, 80 years old. 64, you were in the Rolling Stones for 60 years, dude. And you didn't veer? You were married to the same woman since 1960? Dude, wow. Good for you, my man. I mean, if you can pull it off, especially having Mick Jagger and... Holy shit, dude. That is unbelievable. I was reading the uh, the AP, which usually when you read the AP, you're just like, uh, yeah, man, um, they sort of keep it right down the middle, Right. They don't, they don't veer too much to one side. It's not a very opinion-based. It's called the Associated Press. So it's very much supposed to be very non-biased. But here's what I was uh, I was reading about him. Charlie Watts, the self-effacing, unshakable Rolling Stones drummer who helped anchor one of the greatest rhythm sections and used his day job, in quotes, to support his enduring love of jazz has died, according to his publicist. He was 80. And then it goes on, blah, 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 blah. Cherished husband, father, grandfather, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yada, 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 right over the important parts. Uh, this is the part that I got with this article from the Associated Press that I kind of took a little, I was a little taken back by it. Uh, it says, like, hey, man, he remained in the band for nearly 60 years. He joined in 1963, just behind Mick Jagger and Keith Richards as the group's longest lasting and most essential member. Moving on to the next paragraph. Watt stayed on and largely held himself apart through the drug abuse, creative clashes, and ego wars that helped kill founding member Brian Jones. Wow, what a statement. Huh. Drove bases Bill Wyman and Jones's replacement Mick Taylor to quit and otherwise made being in the Stones a most exhausting job. Think about that. Two people in your band are such a pain in the ass to be around that in your obituary, when they put out the press release about you moving on to the afterlife, they have to mention those two people. Wouldn't that suck? You're the one guy who's just like, dude, he... Basically, he would show up for the gigs, he would show up for practice, he would show up for the press, but when it was time for Mick and Keith to like maybe run on down to the bar and hang out with 24-year-old gals, he was just like, I'm going to run back to the uh, the hotel. I got a Stephen King novel I'm, I'm reading, and the wife's back there with the kids. Like, what a good dude. I don't like that they upstage him even afterwards, man. He was always on the back of the stage, like behind the kit. Nobody really saw his face. And then fast forward to his obituary and they're like, yeah, the other two guys who were a big, massive pain in the dick to have to work with. Those are the guys that get a little. (laughs) I mean, they don't paint him in a nice light, obviously, you know. It's not like uh, they talk about like Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, although clashed many times, had an un. 
wielding love for Charlie Watts. That was the one common denominator they had between the two. No, no, no. They just talk about how their ego wars helped kill a man. Jesus. But the Rolling Stones are sort of one of those bands that if you grew up with them, you love them. That's your thing, man. You totally dig them. You're in. They've been around forever. Paint of Black is probably my favorite song that they do. They got, obviously, they got a couple. They got the brown sugars. They got this, but Start Me Up? Eh. I don't know. It just, it feels like they play that at every sporting event, you know, when it's the eighth inning and your team's down by one. Uh, Scooter, that is a bold statement for sure. Yeah, to say that their ego wars killed, oh my God, man. Oh, uh, unless. You know, unless Brian Jones put it in writing, like, hey, guys, uh, I had no intentions on checking out early, but because you two couldn't put to, put your egos aside and be decent human beings towards one another, I'm going to check out a life early. Unless that was actually written, I'd be like, oh, I get it. But it feels kind of weird for the Associated Press to go out on a limb like that and just say, yeah, the the reason why this guy is dead is because these two couldn't keep it together. Also, Beast of Burden. What are our thoughts on Beast of Burden? No, okay, God damn it! Now I got to bring it up. If you talk about a gun, you got to fire the gun, right? Let's see, Beast of Burden, which I don't, I don't know if I'm a fan. I get why people dig it. I get the, you know, the behind the the lyrics behind it. I get why people love this song, but I don't know. I guess I've just always heard it and just been like, eh, just the pretty, 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 pretty. I'm just eh, no, no thanks. I mean, good riff, right? Uh, let's see, Janine, Beast of Burden, hate, overplayed back in the day. Yeah, everybody played this, you know, it was in like every sort of montage movie, especially like if you were sort of like, and ironically too. It wasn't like they used this song, you know, to sort of fit what was going on with uh, with the band or, you know, the, 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 the movie. They just sort of just used this as like ironically, you know. I don't know. Much better songs. Give me, give me paint it black. That, that to me is exactly, that's like the epitome of. Ooh, starts out with Charlie Watts. I guess I never thought about that. Most stone songs start out with a guitar riff. Yeah, I don't know. I'd much rather take this song over Beast of Burden any day. Maximilian, I have respect for the Rolling Stones, but give me Pink Floyd any day. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get why more people would be... Pink Floyd is just a much more, I don't know, I guess deeper, complex lineage of music than the Rolling Stones. You know? I guess I'm in, more into it to get laid. I don't know. They talk about the Rolling Stones. There's like an old folklore story about them coming to town here in Minnesota and how they played like a parking lot in St. Louis Park. And then they went to some malt shop afterwards. We're just like, yeah, man. Like all about, you know, just hanging out with like, just hanging out with the kids. 
I'm like, I don't know. I think Mick Jagger was more about making kids than hanging out with them. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you guys been noticing that there is a thing been going around the internet lately, and Ben Galley, I'm looking at you, buddy. None of this crate challenge, all right? None of this garbage about you guys. First off, where the hell is everybody getting all the goddamn milk crates? What is what is the happenings with the milk crates? Notice everybody jumping up on top of them. I was like, I haven't seen a milk crate in five years. Now all of a sudden we're lousy with them. Uh, going through a couple of these. Let's see. Missing You is my favorite. Not a bad song. Yeah, I dig that. Um, the Milk Crate Challenge. Obviously, by now, I'm guessing you guys have already seen some of these videos. These guys and gals are... It's basically like a pyramid, a triangle of milk crates, right? It starts with one, and then it goes up to two, and then three, all the way up to the top. And then you have to walk over the, and then up down the other side. And usually when people get to the top, it's where it's the least stable. It's the most milk crates. And it's also the cause for most destruction to your spine. Because when you go ass over apple cart, falling off that damn thing, you're not landing in a pool of foam. You're landing on top of hard-ass plastic milk crates. And there's a lot of hospitals. I think the city of Baltimore put out a thing saying, dude, if you're coming in with a milk crate injury, you ain't getting to bed. We just can't do it. We got too many people with COVID. We got too many just like gunshots, especially in Baltimore. So if you dipshits want to try to walk over some milk crates and land on your ass and break a tailbone, that's going to be on you. Now, I went through and watched a bunch of these videos and I was looking for some audio and I'm like, all right, well, it's just people walking over and then they fall. So all you basically hear is just somebody crashing over the, you know, toppling over about 15 milk crates, which some of these people, when they hit mine, it's like, dude, that's a cracked rib. That's easily a cracked rib. You ain't coming back from that for a while, my man. But the one that I found that I thought was pretty funny was uh, I happened to see that Snoop Dogg was on Jimmy Kimmel the other night with Stephen A. Smith, and he gave a little bit of commentary. Snoop Dogg, that guy could commentate anything. I'm, I would w- listen to Snoop Dogg commentate Bill Maher taking a shit and think it'd be hilarious. But this is him last night on Jimmy Kimmel. Don't, uh-uh, them shoes is too big for this situation. <laughs> they too big. When you start to shake, you know it's going to break. Oh! oh, I can see it right now in my mind. Just the guy going, you know, ribs first into a pile of these goddamn milk crates. I've never understood the internet challenges except for people that are trying to raise a couple of bucks. You want to throw some cold water on yourself and raise some money for multiple sclerosis. Then I'm in. I'm in. I'll try. My big thing is though, like, for how, you know, how rich we are as a as a country, if somebody somebody does the, hey man, um, I challenge you to do the ice bucket challenge. And I'm like, okay, if I don't do it, what do I owe? And they're like, uh, you owe 50 bucks. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Just take the 50 bucks. Because I'm going to dunk myself in some of this shit, the cold water anyways, and then still have to pay the 50 bucks. Is Because that was the challenge, right? You did it or you had to pay. Well, what asshole is going to go out there and do this and then get a little bit of publicity on the internet and then not give the 50 bucks? Just give the 50 bucks and move on. Think about all, like, school supplies right now. Making parents go out and buy school supplies... What a pain in the ass. Schools, you could probably get all of this stuff in bulk and just dish it out when needed. I'm glad. I think my daughter's school does that, where you can just pay like, you know, 50 bucks at the beginning of the year, 60 bucks. It's cheaper than us having to run down to Target and stand in line and put all this stuff. 
You guys just order what the kids need and I'll gladly pay you. And if you guys want to add, tack on another 10%, it's worth my time. I would much rather pay you another $15 than have to go through, give me a list, print it off, go down to Target, go through. What a pain in the ass, man. It's a pain in the ass. Scooter, we have a toolbox kit at our school. Yes. Why not? It's so much easier. And plus, it's not like parents are like, oh, my God. Today's the day we get to get up and go buy you school supplies. Been looking forward to this day all year. No, they're just like, Jesus Christ, more money? Ugh. At least save the parents a couple of couple of minutes. Much rather have my time back, you know? As I've heard many times before, you know? More time than money. So, <laughs> just take the cash. Let me go about my business, you know? At, at some point, you realize, like, your time is valuable. So, schools, please feel free to just start, you know... There's got to be some kids that owe a little bit of restitution that need to do community service that you could get to come on down to the public school and set them up at a table around one of those long-ass lunch tables and put some paper bags in front of them, and then they just stack whatever the kids need inside the bag, right? Each bag, it's one binder, two packages of pencils, one thing of crayons, one thing of markers, you know, five erasers, they get one thing of glue that they actually use for glue and the other thing of glue they use to like put on their desk and let it harden and peel it off. Is that, is that just me? I think some of you kids also ate it too, which I always thought was disgusting. Eating paste? Dude. I mean, we have gushers now. I mean, when I was in school, like gushers were all the rage, but there were still kids that ate paste. Like, yeah, that's got to be some sort of weird, you know, what do you call those things? Like a, not an OCD, but like a, Fetish is too much of a weird word for like a six-year-old, but addiction, I guess, maybe? I don't know. Do we got to pull an intervention on somebody who's addicted to Elmer's? I wouldn't imagine so, but still, nonetheless, man, super gross. All right, merchandise. You can find it if you're just hopping onto the uh, onto the live feed of Instagram. Uh, we dropped this earlier today, but merchandise, it's up right now. It's at rudypovich.com. Also, you can uh, figure out exactly where I'm going to be through the website, but on September 9th, I'm going to be at the Twin Cities Film Fest. Their office is doing shorts and stand-up. You'll be watching a couple comedic shorts, us doing some stand-up. If you want some tickets, you can feel free to drop me a line. I'll get you guys in. Not a problem. Ask everybody last night. Super easy. You get on the guest list. You come down. You have a couple of chuckles couple of drinks enjoy yourself in the meantime find this podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify and stitcher and every single day 9 45 a.m we go live on instagram once again thank you guys so much for taking a long walk to cleveland <laughs>